We live in a world today that's racing so fast that uh, if you're like me, you need a grandchild uh, standing by your side that knows how to operate a phone to make it do things you, you need it to do. And uh, we, we live today in a message-leaving and retrieving society. I mean, we're just, day and day, we're leaving messages. We're, call me back. Please text me. Could you give me an answer right now? And we're retrieving the things that society sends our way like we've never, never, never retrieved before. We use our laptops to pick up our email, our telephones to listen to our voicemail. We have fax machines at our fingertips, mobile phones protruding from our ears in all attempt to pick up and leave messages. Aren't you happy for it? Everybody take a deep breath. And if you're like me, you sometimes get caught up in the maze of messages. I'm going to talk to you about a bunch of ordinary guys this morning that we received a life-changing, life-altering, phenomenal message. It's as unique and how they received the message. How many would love to receive a unique message today and it carried good news? Three of us. Thank you for the three. All right. They didn't have the telephone to communicate. They didn't have the things that we have today, a cell phone, a, a computer. But let me just clip note this concerning the, how they got the word, okay? These men were working graveyard shift. How many here today, you've pulled a few graveyard shifts? Can I see your hand? Daytime sleep is not what nighttime sleep does for the body. But I pulled graveyard shifts for two years. And as, and as they always did in between uh, uh, shift times and uh, resting times, there was always Starbucks coffee for the shepherds. And in that, in that Starbucks time of, of having fellowship with each other, an angelic being appeared to them and said, What's going on? They were terrified. They were shaking in their sandals. The angelic being said these words, don't be afraid. Don't fear. For I bring you good tidings. A Messiah is born in the city of, city of David. His name, he is Christ the Lord. So began the first Christmas. It began 2,000 years ago. Take a deep breath. 2,000 years ago. And the message has not dimmed this morning. It's brightened. And we're coming closer and closer to the great event when he's coming again to receive us unto himself. The Bible says that where he is, there we may be also. How many of you have watched The X-Files, a popular television series? Anybody here that reaches that far out? Yeah, there's Bill and I. Yeah. Who else? A few, few more there. The X-Files is a series which features strange and unusual phenomena. For many Christians, or Christmas, it belongs in the X-Files, doesn't it? Many, many Christmases. It's about strange, unusual phenomena. It has no real explanation unless you're talking about the supernatural. And today, I want to look at two groups. I'm going to look at two groups with you today. There's always two groups, isn't there? There's always, even in our families, there's two groups. Even when we have came together in marriage, there's still at times... Two groups. Today I want to talk to you about two groups of individuals who gave and received this life. A changing life and altering the messages in this area. And we're going to look at the angels and what they had to say and who they talked to. And can I tell you, 
Are angels still real today? Let me ask you this question. What is an angel? I hear all of those responses. What is an angel? Anybody? Can anybody tell me what an angel is? How many can tell me what the office of an angel is? Thank you. I'm right on target. I want to tell you what uh, an angel is all about. And in Revelation chapter 12, I'm going to be looking at verses, verses 9, 7 through 9. And I'm going to talk to you about what is an angel. How many think you've seen an angel? A few. How many have heard an angel voice? A few. Listen to what Revelation chapter 12 has to say about an angel. A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with a dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil, and Satan who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And today... I can announce this. There's only one reason to believe in angels. The Word of God says they're real. Hollywood makes them supernatural believable. New Agers make angels happy, and someone may tell you that they've seen an angel, but only God's Word is trustworthy. What is an angel? Paul wrote that angels are created beings. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth. He created you, he created me, and he's created angels. Aren't you glad for that? Yeah. All right, what else does the Bible say about what he created? Paul wrote that angels were created beings, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. That's found in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Things invisible mean angels. Angels are simply ministering spirits. They are innumerable. You can't count them according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. And phenomenally wise. And the word says, my Lord is wise according to the wisdom of the angel of God to know everything that is in the earth. 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 20. Some say that wisdom is manifested in the fact that neither, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Mark chapter 12, verse 25, but they do not know the day nor the hour that Jesus is coming again. How is it that Christ would create somebody who's invisible? Who is it that Christ would give them an assignment, and yet they don't know the day nor the hour that their work will be completed? The Bible says, and the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. Angels are mighty power when they are ex executed, and they are executed when they are executing the judgments of God. And they can control the powers of nature and the powers of the universe. How many believe in angels? Yes. There's, there's more believers coming on board. The ship is taking on more believers. Let's look at some more of what the Bible says. David writes, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of thousands. The Lord is among them all in Sinai in the holy place. Psalms chapter 68, verse 17. The angels are chariots of war who attack the enemies of God. Angels are chariots of transportation that he sends for the righteous on the day of their death. 
get a load of this. You won't have to walk into the pearly gates. The Bible says he's going to send a chariot after you. You won't even have to put your seatbelt on when the chariot comes to get you. And there will be no speed limits for the chariots. Aren't you happy? I'm getting happier by the moment. No speed limits. Ah. He sends them for you and for me. Concerning the death of Elijah, it was said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Recorded in Kings 2, verse, chapter 13, verse 14. And based on what David wrote and Elijah said, we can, be very much, we can very much assume that angels snatched him from the earth and took him to paradise of God. Any more believe there's angels. I've lost some people. Stay with me now. We've been challenged in these last days. Preach the word. This is all coming from the word today. The office of an angel. Uh, Revelation 41 says, angels, if you're married, obey your husbands. When they say angels, go get me a cup of coffee. You say, yes, your honor. Since there is no Revelation chapter 40, let's look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. The office of an angel is twofold. Ladies, listen to me now. You want your husband, you want your spouse to call you angel? Listen to, the, listen to this. I'm just, I'm just having fun now. We can have fun in God's house. You're not going to get a licking if you laugh. It's okay. The first purpose of an angel is to worship God, the Creator, and Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. John tells us that the innumerable angels around the throne of God cry out with a loud voice, meaning a thundering sound beyond your ability to comprehend. If you can imagine a thousand Super Bowl side by side, you begin to grasp the volume of the angels that praise the Lord day and night. And here is what they say. Look at me, ladies. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This is for you too, husbands. What do they say? It's not give me. It's not bless me. They're, they're already numbered with the thousands of thousands like you and I as believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what they thunder. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. So the first centurion or acting like an angel is to worship the God. The first thing you want to do in prayer time is say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I followed a lady out of the grocery store Friday evening. And uh, as she shut the door, the groceries had been placed in the back seat, about black back floor. And, and she turned to face me, and I said, the church wants to bless you with this $25 gift certificate. She 
laced her arms around my neck and she stuck her face into my chest and she began to cry like a baby. We bust her children for years. She's never been here, but she got the message. What's God all about? God's not about a religion. Angels aren't about a religion. Angels are ministering spirits. And inside of every one of you today is a, a ministering spirit. I noticed during the two shifts that I was privileged to help with, it was, it was so much fun. Uh, on Thursday, everybody was running in. They were grabbing everything because we were getting ready for a snowstorm. They grabbed so much bread, the bread racks became empty. It was fun watching people just respond to what the weathermen had to say. Boy, I tell you, it was good for the grocery business. I could hear her in the office, hot dogs in the storm. <laughs> Not really. I followed the gentleman out, well-dressed, and wear oil-filled clothes, nice car. And as I set his groceries in the uh, back seat of the car, he pulls two $10 bills out, and he says, I want to bless you for being so kind to me. I said, oh, no, no, we're not on the receiving end. We're on the giving end. That's the reason we're here. And he said, well, God bless you. What an impression. I've lived in this community three years, and he said, I've never had this happen to me before. And I said, well, God bless you, and you have a Merry Christmas. That wasn't me. That was a ministering spirit inside of me. And here's what the Lord wants me to tell you today. He's blessed you with ministering spirits just like me. And you know how much he cares for you? The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around. He follows you every step of the way. He knew what you were going to wear to service this morning even before you opened the closet door. He knows our ending before God created us in the beginning. And the angel spirits just enable you and I to go the second step and do the things that the world is not doing because the Bible says we're in this world, but we're not like this world. How many are like pastor? You really acted like the world a few times. I say this in a joking way, but I, and I've said it to a few of my friends. I'm getting ready to deal with a situation, not church, but I, I'm getting ready to deal with, with something that I, I may need your help. I know you talk a different language than I do, and, and if they re get ready to beat up on me, well, I want you to put them in their place. Anyhow, it's been a fun trip. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. God wants you to stop the busyness of life and realize there, there's an, he gives his angels charge over you. He gives you the strength to do the wrong when wrong. He gives you the strength to do the right when wrong prevails. The Bible gives us even these instructions. Don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. I also noticed this. During, on Thursday, it was so busy. I mean, there was customers lined up waiting to be checked out. We were running groceries to the car. We were giving a few $25 gift certificates that the church has been so generous to help us buy and, and, and time just flew. On Friday, the storm had passed us. Nobody was coming to the store. Not very many, at least. And all at once, I became tired. All at once, my feet began to hurt. I had nothing to do but think about myself, and I started really getting to feel bad. Lauren, I thought I was going to have to come and see you before the hour was over. But I thought this. 
Isn't it so good to be busy for Jesus? No matter where you go, you can do something for Jesus. We were, Sherry and I were privileged to sit with a couple this week. The man gave his heart to Jesus in the office one evening. And when I left this, this church, I asked the Lord, Lord, I'll be going to the city tomorrow by myself. Would you just open every door that I come in contact with and let me just, on purpose, let you be in control? The first place I stopped was Leslie Pool. My brush had torn apart as I was getting ready to winterize the pool, and so I needed to buy a new brush. As I checked out, I gave the man my name. I'm in his computer. I buy chemicals there all the time. I didn't recognize the man, but and the man, uh, he, when I, I, he rang me up and I paid him for it. Well, he started talking to me about the Lord. And, I, and I, we talked for about 20 or 30 minutes, and I said, well, I, I need to go. I've got many, several stops to make. And I said, uh, I really enjoyed the, mess, the time of visiting. I, I'm a minister. He said, I know you're a minister. He said, I've seen you in the store many times. And he said, I know you are. And he said, I've got another story I want to tell you. He began to tell me the story about how Jesus had blessed him and how God had opened the doors for him and how, how happy he was to, to have a job and be healthy and meet people that had problems with their swimming pool and how God had intervened. And it was 45 minutes before I got into my pickup and drove off. And as I backed out, I said, God, I'm thankful that you're opening the doors, but if I have many more doors like this, I'm not going to get to the last door before I have to go home. God is so merciful to us. And when we ask, we need to be ready because he's a prayer answering God. The message that the, the, that came to the, to the wise men that day was a message that changed the world. It changed our lives. They became implicated. And, and during, during that time, there were two worlds that met. The world that was not Christ-oriented and the world that was about to be Christ-oriented. And during Christmas, these two worlds, are the natural world and the supernatural, collide every day. It shouldn't surprise us or shock us that, as, that we concentrate mostly on the natural world, do we not? You know, like buying a Christmas tree, hanging Christmas lights, buying Christmas presents, arguing with the in-laws about where we're going to eat, who's going to bring what, and where we're going to spend Christmas Eve, where we're going to land Christmas Day. We'll eat massive quantities of food and watch all kinds of football games. I really doubt we'll run into any pregnant virgins or angel shepherds watching over their flocks this Christmas. But we live in a real world, a world of pain, a world of pleasure, a world of cause and effect. It's, hard. it's a hard world, but in the world that we live in, it learns to obey itself because the world is a world of its own. Wood floats. Iron sinks, dead men stay dead, and virgins don't have babies. Today, though, I want to pull back the curtain for just a few moments and let us examine the supernatural world. The Bible says that just as the natural world is real, so is the supernatural world real. The superworld is, is inhabited with beings. Our eyes, though, are not made to see the supernatural, yet the Bible says it's real. 
During the Christmas season, like no other time of the year, people seem to be drawn to the eternal. We seem to be pulled toward the supernatural. And most of us down deep are tired of living the natural world when we think about Christmas and the miracles that Jesus Christ has brought to this world. The Bible explains it to us in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11, when it says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. Last evening, around 6 o'clock, the phone rang, and a close friend of mine had passed on. And Sherry and I just happened to be in the vehicle. We, we arrived at the hospital just a, about 20 minutes later to walk in into the room, and as a family gathered, they embraced us, and we had a word of prayer. And time moved on. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I want to say this again, chapter 3, verse 11, God has set eternity in the hearts of man, which simply means we know that one day our last breath will be drawn. But life will go on. The Bible says, He that believeth me, as the Scripture said, will never die. David made this bold declaring uh, statement in his life. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And the moment you take your last breath and this body is cease, ceases to exist, you will live on. Because eternity is forever and ever. That's the reason this is just a dressing room today. And as we rush into the Christmas season, it's so important that there would be a baby born. They would be laid in a manger. He would spend 30 years preparing for a, a three-year uh, ministry and then be crucified for people like you and me. I want to talk then about angels because there's a lot of misinformation going on about angels and my time is running fast let's take the letter a and let's just allow the first letter of angels to be a part of what we want to talk about could it stand for awareness being aware that we're blessed being aware that we had the privilege of, of deciding where we would go to church being aware we've decided who we're going to hang out with and where we're going to go to lunch and being aware that this Christmas season is going to be a great time. Our families are going to get together. We're going to have an awesome time. Angels are aware of what's going on in our lives this very moment. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 9 states that we are the spectacle to angels. This word spectacle refers to an arena where a play, a drama, or an athletic event is going on and people are watching. The Bible says that angels watch over our lives 24-7. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, that each one of us is assigned a guarding angel the moment we are born. I think about 2 Kings chapter 6 and the story of Elijah. Elijah was in the house with his servant, and he was surrounded by forces that wanted to kill him. He wasn't really worried. He was just sitting back, maybe drinking some lemonade, but his servant was about to lose it. And Elijah was, Elijah was about to be killed. He, he, Elijah knew that his life was at stake. And Elijah knew it too, but Elisha was reacting a different way than, than Elijah. Elisha says, what can we do? And Elijah prayed, and this is a prayer he said, God, Open the eyes of my servant so he can see as you see. 
And God answered his prayer, and the servant saw a host of angelic beings surrounding the, ar- surrounding the army, and angels were aware that day of what was going on. No matter what war you may be facing today, whether it be financial, spiritual, or physical, maybe you've had a bad report, maybe, maybe your marriage isn't as healthy as you would like to see it, Maybe there's questions about your family, about your children growing up in the home. And, and maybe you're just surrounded this morning with a, with a war that just seems to be dragging you the wrong direction. Remember, God has an angel assigned, or angels assigned, and he's watching over you in all the ways that you go. I think about the letter N of the word angel. N stands for numbered. Angels are numbered. Their number remains constant. Their population is not growing or exploding. Two angels are mentioned in the Bible. Michael and Gabriel, the messenger. Gabriel is the one who talked to Elizabeth about John the Baptist and to Mary about Jesus. He's probably the one who ran into the shepherds and told them even about Jesus. They're Then we look at the next letter and the word angel, and let's look at what the letter G could stand for. Could it stand, and I'd like to think that it would, for God created. Angels are created by God over 300 times in the Bible and 23 times in the Gospel of Luke. It says that angels did according to this and carried out that. It says that they're made and fashioned by God himself. We don't become angels when we die. I repeat, we don't grow wings and we don't have halos hovering over us when we go to heaven. Nor here on earth either. Let's take A-N-G. Let's go to the letter E in the word angel. Angel, E stands for the fact that angels execute God's purpose throughout history. They execute God's plan and formula in the world today. In the book of Genesis, the angels guarded Eden with a flaming sword. They also carried out judgment against the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Ezekiel, they overwhelmed that prophet with mind-blowing visions. And in the book of Revelation, they worshiped Jesus at the throne. They are already involved in what is already a victorious war against the evil forces. But only in America can we take angels and change them into benign beings so that we treat them like harmless Humming birds humming over our garden. That's not biblical. The Bible says that when people saw angels, they fell flat on their face. Their lives were altered from that day forward. They are not things you play with, sit back, and enjoy. They are powerful, one-of-a-kind beings, and they're care enough to watch over you today. They gave the message to the group of guys, guys who were checking their watches, waiting for the sun to come up so that they could go home. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. How many have needed to hear that voice in days gone by? Fear not. Fear not. This is the message of the angels as they met the, why, why, uh, as they met the shepherds in the field. The the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. I love that. I love that phrase. If you're here this morning and you feel left out, you're not left out. If you're here here today and you don't feel like life is fair, join the rest of us. 
life will never be fair. And I, everybody said, oh, man, that's good. Say that again. That sounded great. Everybody that knows life is unfair, say a big, amen. Ah. It's fun living for Jesus. It's fun hearing a voice when fear grips our heart. To hear the Holy Spirit send an angel and speak into our spirit. Fear not. I'm with you. I bring good tidings. Romans 8, 28 says, I'm going to work it out for your good. Because you love God, not because you're perfect. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No big eyes and little use. The angel is not in the comparing business today. He's in the watch care over us. And you're so important to the Lord, Jesus Christ, that he's a sign an angel to each one today. I believe God chose the shepherds to show the university of the gospel, to show the universality of the gospel. Shepherds were the outcasts of that day. Many shepherds in that day were criminals who were kicked out of the city. Shepherding was the only job available for people that couldn't fit into society. Sometimes the only job that they could get because of their past. They couldn't even walk into the temple because they were considered ceremonial unclean. They were tending sheep, sheep that most scholars believe were destined to be sacrificed in the temple. The angels communicated the gospel to the shepherds. It's fascinating to realize that Jesus was called the good shepherd. And the Lamb of God. These shepherds were streetwise. They weren't easily fooled. Verse 13 says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared and began to praise God. The next is interesting verse. It said they jumped out. They jumped and they shouted and they rejoiced what they had heard. But when the angels had left, the angels just left them. They whisked back to heaven. Talk about leaving in a hurry. Once their message was over, they were gone. They were gone. Aren't you glad we're not treated that way? If we don't get the message today, there's another day. If, there's no, if you don't receive the message this morning, should the Lord tarry, there'll be a time you'll hear another message. But that day, the, the message of the angels, as they shared with the servants, shepherds, they were gone. God knows how to get the point across to all of us. He has ways of speaking to all of us. He has ways of getting our attention. And in the times that life is not fair, he knows how to captivate our attention by the adversity that we're facing. And yet God sent the angels to the most undesirable people of the world, the shepherds, to carry the news. Have you ever wondered why Jesus was called the Good Shepherd when he was numbered with those that couldn't get a job anywhere else but out in the field taking care of sheep? Have you ever given any thought why that Jesus would want to come to a world filled with unlovable people, people, even religious people that wanted to kill him? And yet God, on purpose, allows us to honor him with Christmas seasons because of the love that he's expressed to us. 
We close today. Our time is running short. But I want to look at one or two more scriptures this morning before I close. As we, as we realize Christmas season comes and goes, as we, as we realize how fast it, time comes and goes, I can recall a time when I was just a lad and Christmas was a great time. I remember all the dreams, the goals, and the visions that I had for Santa Claus was coming to town again. I, got, I would get excited, and I could sing, here comes Santa Claus, just as good as anybody. It was an exciting time. Not really realizing, even in a young age, what the real meaning was was not Santa Claus. It was a man named Jesus. It was God coming to this world in the form of flesh, and his flesh became the word of God. Isn't that awesome today that we can just pause a moment and be challenged today with the fact that God is still present today and he shows himself through the word of God. I want to give you a challenge, a Christmas challenge to imitate the shepherds as they responded to the angels. I want you to, I want you to, to make a mental note of this and make a list of three people this morning. That if this, today was the last day, you would see them. Would you tell them the good news? Would you take a moment and ask this question? Are you ready? Should Jesus call today? For the reason that Jesus came was not that we would celebrate Christmas, even though it's the most desirable and most enjoyable season of the year. But the real reason for the season is that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The real reason for celebrating today is the fact that uh, Jesus loved us. God the Father only had one son, but he sacrificed him for you and for me. And we're taking time in our busy schedules this morning to say thank you, Lord, for the Christmas season. It is a season to be jolly, but it's not just tra-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la. And can I say this this morning? In over 50 years of ministry, the saddened thing to me today is as these two worlds are meeting, the spiritual, the supernatural world, and the natural world, the supernatural world just seems to go in a shelf unnoticed until we need him. And then we have to recognize, Lord, I heard you had an angel watching over me. The Bible even says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show yourself strong in behalf of those whose life is reaching for you. I just want to allow this to flow through your memory bank today. This weekend, probably a hundred strong, maybe even including the kids. We usually average around 20 children that will lead the service after praise and worship time. Let's say we have 20 kids and there's 80 adults that are listening to me this morning. And let's just say 60 of the 80 adults are believers and you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and you recognize him as your good shepherd every day. 60 believers who can write the three people on their list today and they're your friend and yet they don't know Jesus Christ. It's their personal savior.
Think about this. What if your three friends just happened to be listening to the Spirit of the Lord when the Spirit of the Lord is knocking at their heart's door saying, would you invite me in? You see, it's not, I, I like to feel good. I like to have fun. I like to enjoy life. But now and then I stop long enough to realize I'm meeting people every day with no guarantee that I will see them tomorrow. And the greatest question that I can ask, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because you see, eternity is a time without end. And as sure as there's a heaven, there's a hell. And God didn't prepare hell for you and for me. He pre prepared it for the de devil and his angels. But he gives us an opportunity today. He said, choose you who you're going to serve. And you don't have to get on an airplane and go meet Jesus. You don't have to uh, get in a nice vehicle and travel across the world to meet Jesus. He wants to meet you this morning right where you're at. Right. And in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 20, here's what it says. And it's red letters in my Bible, so the things that are read in my Bible are words that was take, spoken by Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and I'll dine with him and he with me. We all love to eat, don't we? We enjoy it. It's a pleasure to go somewhere nice. I enjoy it. I, made, I, I ate at, at a special place twice this week in Oklahoma City that I really enjoy. My friends enjoy it. There's times when they take pictures of, of the Mexican food and then they send it to me. <laughs> They're so kind. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I, you know, because I, I'm, I'm loading my gun. I'm going to have fun at their expense when I see them next. But listen, Jesus wants to eat with you. He's the bread of life this morning. And I'd never want to stand before a congregation moving on 40 years and not tell you, but God loves you. He cares for you. You're not here by accident this morning. And he wanted me to tell you, no matter where you've been, he wants you to forget where you've been. He wants to talk to you about where you're going. Because there's a door, there's two doors open, just like two worlds are meeting today. And one door opens into eternity where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And there's another door that opens. And Jesus stands at the gate. And he says, come on in. Well done, good and faithful servant. Paul, the apostle Paul, who who's, is responsible for most of the New Testament, says, at the end of his journey, he said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith and I finished my course. Therefore, there's a crown of righteousness waiting not only for me, but for the, all those that love the Lord. Could we bow for prayer? Father, today as we take the time on the busy schedules that we all have to think about the season that we're enjoying one, one more time, to think about the price that you paid for our redemption and the opportunities you've given us to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for your love and tender mercy. I thank you, Lord, because you've been, you've been long-suffering. I'm living proof that you were long-suffering. I, I, I recall the days when I was rebellious to your call, but I also remember the day I said, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, if there are those this morning 
They've never made peace with you, Lord, but they, they realize they need to this morning. Holy Spirit, make sure they hear the knock at their heart's door today. Don't let them leave here like they came in Jesus' name. As your heads are bowed, nobody looking around. Are you here this morning? You've never made Jesus your Lord. This is not an embarrassing question. I will not call you forward. I will not bring you forward and, and, and cause you to step out so other people can see you, even though we're not ashamed of that. I'm just simply asking you a question. Right where you're at, nobody's looking around other than me. Are you here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You'd say by an uplifted hand, that's me, Pastor. Anyone while we wait just a moment? Anyone while we wait just a moment? How many would say this morning, Pastor, I need to hear the message. I, I get so wrapped up in the, in the materialistic world that sometimes I, I fail to recognize there's a supernatural world that's available that I can enjoy in the journey of life. Thank you for telling me the truth about Christmas this morning. Can I see hands across this building today as you raise your hands? Yes, God bless you. Many, many hands. God bless you. Jared's coming to close the service this morning in prayer. But I want you to know God has angels watching over you this morning. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord, though, it camps around about those that fear him. When you leave here this morning, I want you to know you'll never try a life journey alone because when God is for you, who can be against you? Jared, would you come? Go ahead and stand your feet with us this morning. As you stand this morning, the angels had a message to give to the shepherds. And the shepherds had a place to go spread that message. This morning as we gather here, we're kind of like angels and shepherds all wrapped in one. Your neighbor can kind of be angelic, but they can kind of stink at the same time. Right? It's okay to say yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's how life is. Sometimes life is high on the mountain and it's angelic. Sometimes life stinks, like Pastor just talked about. But in the midst of it all, we have a message to share. We have a word to say. Pastor gave you a challenge you go share with three people. Invite three people. Maybe you're not comfortable quite sharing, you know, that message yet. Maybe, you know, you're still working on that. Well, just say, hey, we're eating on Christmas on the 23rd. Come eat with me. We can all do that. So I want to invite you just to bring, try to bring three people with you when you come. Invite three people with you. And let's make this the greatest Christmas uh, ever and the Christmas to remember. Not just a December to remember, but a Christmas to remember. Amen? Amen. Now, sometimes our neighbor can be angelic. And sometimes they can be like a shepherd and stink. Say amen. Sometimes we can be angelic. And sometimes we can stink. Say amen. But we got the greatest message to share. Amen? Hey, even me, I smell sometimes too. It's all good. It's all good. Because he shed his blood for me, and he shed his blood for you. Amen? Father, we love you today. And God, I thank you that in the midst of my failures, in the midst of my hurts, in the midst of, of my flaws and my struggles and my weaknesses, I have one who has the greatest strength. And so this morning, Lord, we, we dare not focus on our shortcomings. We focus on the strength of the one who's called us. And God, we mount up with wings as eagles today. 
Father, I pray your many blessings on each and every heart as they leave the sanctuary this morning. God, we have a word to share. God, when life is going good and when life stinks, we still have the greatest word to share with our neighbor. And so, Father, I pray that you would open our mouth, open our hearts, open our minds. God, Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, and direct us to share that message this Christmas season. And God, we love and we praise you and ask your many blessings today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen.